Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Half the Distance to the Goal. I am your co-host, Marcus Bullock, and along with my left-hand man, the other co-host that you have, Brett Gall. What's up? What's up, man? We are at week zero, finally. Week zero. So we got a lot of good stuff come up in this podcast for you. So we're going to give you a little bit of insight about, you know, the big North Carolina football teams, uh, talk about their over-under win totals. There may be a couple locks in there. After that, we'll take you into the at-large landscape and a little bit of the Pac-12, as we may have some good insight in place for you there. And then we're going to give you what you want. Locks, week zero, week zero, five games. Uh, we, we got some plays for the majority of them. So we got a couple. Yeah. So uh, without further ado, we'd like to go ahead and thank our supporters. The first one for Get Me Not NC. If you're getting married or thinking about popping the question, want to go ahead and start looking at like wedding venues, wedding packages, planning, because I know I'm not the planner myself. My wife did it all. Uh, go ahead and check them out. Forgive me not NC on Instagram and Facebook. They can get you hooked up, get you the wedding of your dreams. And trust me, fellas and ladies that listen, your significant other would be happy that you did. Our next supporter, Unfolding by Maya. If you love abstract boho or electronic art, check out her designs on Etsy. Everything's digital to print for wall art, home and office decor, and desktop backgrounds, and also daily inspiration. There's actually some pretty neat stuff on that site. Uh, it's pretty inexpensive. So go over, uh, support Maya, and she'll be sure to take care of you um, in that space. And last but not least, my buddy Mike May's podcast and his friend Jordan Rod the podcast for all you Kaniacs out there that want to keep in touch through the offseason and even more so during the season, see what's going on with the front office, the players on and off the ice. Check out Rod the podcast. They'll be your number one go-to uh, for Kane's information. And they actually have a guest coming on here shortly that used to work inside the Kane's organization. So go ahead, give them a, a subscribe. Uh, Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know, wherever you can find them. How was that, Brett? Hey, you, you went through this pretty quick. I'll give you that. Getting better at it every week. Um, and as you know, Bushlight, still in the works, <laughs> always in the works. Uh, maybe one day we'll have them coming on too and hopefully sponsoring alcohol at our tailgates. So well, speaking of tailgates, am I going to see you next Thursday? Yes, I plan to be there. Cool. I, I, can't, believe, I can't believe we're almost a week away. Yeah, I, know. I, I just can't, I can't wait to be in a stadium, especially after the last year, everything that went on with like, what, 25 percent capacities or whatever. Just the feeling of being in a full stadium, a packed stadium with 60,000 fans there, like it's going to feel so good. I can't wait. Yeah. Where are your tickets after the game? I haven't got them yet, but I need to. Yeah, they, they shouldn't be too bad. Uh, we tailgate PNC North like towards the home side. So I'll be sure to drop you a pin, come on by. And uh, speaking of tailgate season, so other than actually going to a stadium again and like seeing in-person football, because I missed out on that last year too, what's your favorite part of like in-game environments? I mean, I would just say just whenever the crowd gets hyped over, like, I mean, like, let's say there's a long pass and like, the crowd just erupts all at once. I think, I mean, I think that's the best part. I mean, just, I don't know. Dude, I, I'm like so giddy. And I think the, the month of August usually just kind of slows 
by, especially this week. This week is like going so slow because yes, we have the week zero as you like to call it this week, but next week is next weekend, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I think games even Monday. Like that's when, that's when it all happens because it's just, it's football for five straight days. And it's like the most wonderful thing ever. What about you? What's your favorite part? Um, I really like the entrance of the teams, you know, especially at Card Finley, like the guys running like by the wolf statues and the smoke coming out. And uh, I think it used to be Seven Nation Army playing, um, being in the Wolfpack Club. We used to get perks to where a couple of games a season we can like go down onto the field and, you know, form the rest of like the tunnel when the players are running out. And we got to do that uh, several seasons ago. And I don't know. I doubt they're doing it this year because of COVID and everything. You know, it's going to be hard, like getting all your players on the field better yet, getting like fans to form a tunnel and hype Probably. up the team coming out. But it is not, not just, to mention this is a night game, too. Like in that rarely I feel like NC State usually always gets screwed by that. Yeah, the new games. The fact that this is a night game is – it's especially the first game of the year. Like I said, nobody was really able to tell last year. I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be an electric atmosphere. Yeah, and even like – it's like the little things, like the flyover before the game. Like, yeah. that's awesome. Like seeing those like F-17s or helicopters or like the stealth fighter like fly across. Like it's just, it's just awesome. Like there's not a lot of things more American than college football. I, I'm I'm freaking psyched for it. I mean, it's crazy. The next week is going to drag by too. I can tell you that. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Uh, when it comes to tailgate food, what's your favorite food uh, to consume at a tailgate? I mean, I'm a hamburger guy, so usually, I think when we ever stopped by what two years ago. Yeah. What do we have? Hamburger or hot dogs? I don't. No, hot dog. We used to do dogs and burgers or something. Yeah. Else there. yeah, I feel like that's kind of the most kind of easiest thing to do too you know as well as the sides i mean is there any specific sides you like the best um so even if like every now and then we usually don't usually cook but every now and then we'll stop and get like a bojangles tailgate uh even even if like we don't get like the box of chicken or supremes like we still like stop and get some dirty rice like you can't eat that yeah yeah man bojangles does sound good right now too honestly yeah, and like you said, burgers, like, mine's my favorite uh, food is definitely, like, a hot dog. Like, ch- yeah. chili, chili slaw, onions, maybe a little bit of mustard, if that's your go-to. Yeah. Like, a little dog. Yeah, it's just delicious. Go. And, I mean, even, like, the pork around, like, NC State, like, no matter where you go, like, you can always find some pork to munch on. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's going to be – hopefully we can just enjoy it while we can. Hopefully we can enjoy it the whole year, but – that that will be remaining to be seen honestly i guess we'll yeah. see how it plays out yeah that's definitely to be seen and like my buddy tanner uh our, our parking spots are actually beside each other in the pnc lot and he has like a portable smoker rig that he's going to be doing this season so we're only getting like some smoked wings like smoke like brisket burdens or like yeah awesome bud dude it it just keeps getting better and better the more money you have <laughs> like the yeah. harder you work the, the more you can go for tailgate so yeah, something I'm looking forward to. Uh, I guess one, one more housekeeping thing before we get into the episode and start evaluating teams and giving you those week zero locks uh, for what you came for. What do you think about the alliance? I think it was just, it's just 
the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC's way of trying to just kind of get back at Greg Sankey in the SEC. And, I mean, just from what I read about it, like, it really wasn't a big deal to me, honestly. I mean, I, I don't know how you kind of interpreted it or it or anything like that, but it was just – it was this them trying to be petty and feeling like they had to do something to compete with the SEC in my mind. And I don't know. I mean, it was kind of like whatever to me. What about you? Yeah, well, the SEC and Greg Sankey uh, definitely was that big domino that started tipping uh, everything. But I sort of thought it was like insurance, like and like they called it a handshake agreement. If the SEC does anything else to keep getting, you know, like these power schools, I think they're just going to like like break glass in case of emergency and just form a super conference and ju- just start it, you know. Like, what do they have to lose? They, I mean, they don't have, like, the, the biggest brands like the SEC, but, excuse me, no. still, still a lot of uh, big college football programs. And the thing that gets me more and more is everything about this has to do with money and, you know, and, and their statement that they release. And I'll read it here for what they said. You know, a handshake agreement with unanimous support from its membership, born from a mutual appreciation for academics, lie, sponsoring a broad variety of Olympic sports. They could care less about Olympic sports. It's about football and somewhat basketball and the general pursuit of social justice, gender equality, diversity, and inclusion, which I'm not really knocking that part because I think that they will sort of be proactive in, you know, in those like sensitive subjects that our country's going through. But not one time in the statement did they mention that it's to get richer or it's for money. Yeah. But we all know it is. Yeah, it's it's just like guys, like you're giving these cookie cutter statements, and we know it is for money. Like, and they didn't get into like, there's no plans of like mass scheduling and you know going across the country I mean, every year. When I when I was reading, it, it's not like really the main thing is is like each conference would give up like one of their conference games or something like that to take over, to like play a different kind of team. And I was just like, I mean, I mean, the main thing is is you you do take over like you have the the east coast and then you'd have the west coast so you would have different time zones so i guess in that way you could kind of kind of take over in that way but yeah i think it's just kind of a little bluff for them to just kind of say hey we're competing with the sec even though i don't know i mean it's it's just something they put out there right now yeah I mean, no, we, fast, I mean, fast. That's we know the sec is definitely going to take on oklahoma and texas so I don't know. All I know is West Virginia better find somewhere real quick because I'm a little nervous, not going to lie. Remember, they said academia is important. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if academia is important, then you wouldn't take Louisville into the ACC either. So, because <laughs> they're not, they're literally not that far off from us either. So, and it's not like their football team has been dominating ever since Lamar left. So, I don't know. But, yeah, I think it's interesting, but I don't know. I just hope this doesn't screw up college football just yeah. by having huge alliances and just super conferences. It's just – I don't know. Like, I wouldn't consider myself a traditionalist in the very extreme spectrum, but I definitely like, you know, how it is. Like, even now. Um, I do, too. Definitely wouldn't want to see, like, conferences, like, flip too, too much more, but, yeah. you know. I'm, I'm the same way. 
it comes down to the almighty dollar. But without further ahead, I've said my piece. So you want to hop into it? Yeah. Where where you want to start at? You want to start at like maybe the Pac-12 kind of? Yeah. So yeah. So let's start at the Pac-12. Um, is there anyone in particular you want to speak about? I didn't highlight anything in the Pac-12. I have a couple of thoughts, but uh, you can take the lead if you have any. I mean, or any I think, discussions. I know Oregon. It's going to be Oregon, USC, and kind of Washington are the main schools looking at there. USC, I don't, Clay Helton, I think he has to have another – I mean, how many wins do you think he needs? Ten? Nine? Nine to ten wins? Probably ten. I think he gets fired with eight. Yeah, I mean, the guy seems like a great guy and everything like that, but he has – I'm surprised he's still there right now, to be honest. He just hasn't produced. I know Oregon brings back a good bit, especially on the defensive side. I mean, USC, they have Keaton Slova is going to be a top-five pick, probably the number-one quarterback in next year's draft. And then uh, also just rounding out the top 25 is Utah and Arizona yeah. State at the 24th and 25th position. We know Utah always has a solid defense. And then Arizona State, um, you know, solid team as well. So – I don't know. I mean, yep. No, I think I think it's basically going to come down to Oregon. I mean, I've heard I've heard analysts say that Oregon could really push and go undefeated and potentially go to a, get a playoff spot. So I don't know about that, but that'd be um, huge. That'd be huge for the Pac-12. Um, like Oregon, if they get past Ohio State, I think they'll be sitting pretty. You know, they'll have that that marquee win. And they'll That's just have to take care of business and not slip up. I think Arizona State and Herm Edwards are supposed to be on the upswing this year. They have uh, yeah. Jaden Daniels, their quarterback. He's he's a stud, too. Yeah, he, he's really damn good. He's talented. Their over-under win totals at nine. Uh, I kind of see, like, the eight-nine uh, win threshold. I'm not playing it. I actually don't have a play for the Pac-12, but I was really considering playing Utah. Uh, they're at eight and a half. I see nine, possibly ten wins. I think Utah may be the best team uh, in the Pac-12, potentially. I mean, I think Utah's better than Washington and USC. I think they're better than Arizona State from a complete roster standpoint. What about Oregon? That's where it gets tough. I don't know if, like, talent-wise they're better than Oregon, but I think just, like, having a healthy program and just, like, a solid coach there, I, it – if you bet Utah to win the Pac-12, I think you could get a pretty good number on that and pretty good payout yeah. and not risk a lot. And, I mean, it'll have a chance. I think, uh, I mean, it's going to come down to Oregon's quarterback. I know they have a little quarterback battle, especially after uh, Tyler Sh Sh Shower or whatever left. He transferred. He went to Texas Tech. He was actually yep. just named the starter there. So, I think for their defense is going to be solid. I know that. Uh, Mario Cristobal is he's been recruiting like nonstop over there so I think it's just going to come down to the quarterback and like you said at Ohio State what is that week two yeah I believe so I mean that's gonna be a good I mean that's gonna that's probably defines their season if you if you beat them I think you have a good chance to um go undefeated honestly because yeah. I mean as much as I like Clay Helton and everything like that, I just – I don't think he's going to get the job done once again. So, I mean, you got Oregon. They're at Utah November 20th. That will be a tough one. 
And but other than that, I I don't really see anything really tough about their schedule besides that uh, second second game of the year at Ohio State. Yeah, the the toughest thing about Clay Helton at USC is they give him such high expectations, and I, I don't really understand. And it goes back to my whole like USC, like Texas, like aura. Why do they always have like through the roof ceilings when like they can't get through their minds what they really have to work with and what a good season would be like? I think eight wins would be a good season for USC, and he should probably keep his job. But like you said, if he doesn't get ten, I, even if he gets nine, he might be safe. I, I USC yeah, I mean, they wanted a reason to fire him last year, but during COVID, did. COVID saved a lot of coaches. Like just from the buyout, you know, like it, again, it comes down to money. But I mean, I think if Clay Helton got fired from USC, that's a guy I like to see land on his feet and do pretty well because he's always like just been like an uphill battle. Yeah. Like especially from expectations. But I guess when you're Southern Cal, you're somewhat like storied of a history. You can do it, even though you they, have they just want the, they want Pete Carroll back. That's what they they want the winning days of Pete Carroll, and it's just it's not going to happen. I mean. I don't know. I, I just don't see it happening. I, I hope he wins. I honestly hope he does well. I seriously hope he does well. They can stay for another year, but I don't know. I mean, if if anything, Keaton Slovis coming back definitely helps out. It's going to just come down to probably the defense, but they have the quarterback. They have a probably, like I said, the number one quarterback taken next year. So they have the pieces. It's just going to come down to other assets of the, of the team. So I don't know. We'll see, but yeah. That's kind of where we, I think, are kind of Pac-12 wise. There's a few teams that really have kind of the opportunity to kind of take that championship, take that league. Yeah, and if you look at the Pac-12, like we talked about, Oregon, Arizona State, USC, Washington, and Utah, uh, they really have a, they all have a pretty even shot at getting there. You know, it's going to come down to a couple plays in a couple games. Uh, more or less like, or I guess not very like the ACC, whereas, you know, Clemson, maybe Chapel Hill um, and everybody else, the Pac-12 is pretty wide open. Yeah, I mean, I, I watch out for UCLA too, maybe maybe as a little dark horse. I think Chip Kelly towards the end of last year was kind of starting to turn things around in that program. And I mean, they were at the very bottom. So he's slowly but surely kind of not turn it around. I, I don't see them winning the league, but I think they could be a little dark horse to kind of upset a couple teams. Oregon has to go there October 23rd. I'll watch that one as well. So, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think that league is definitely up for grabs, but I think Oregon probably is the one sitting favor right now with probably USC right behind. Yep. All right, cool. So uh, do you have any official plays for the Pac-12? I'm not going to take any plays personally. I just... I think that league could really just be up in the air. I don't know about you, but that's kind of where I stand with them. I mean, that that league is. I mean, you have you have Clemson for the ACC. You have probably Oklahoma for the Big Twelve. Bama for the SEC. Like all those leagues have somebody that probably is your main favorite. But I mean, I guess you could say Oregon here. But they, I mean, that this league is usually just kind of toss up. I feel like every year. Yeah, if if we had to call out a conference champ, I'd lean Utah. You go um, Utah, I, right? Yeah, I, I'd I'd lean Utah. I really would. I, I think I think I would go probably with the favorite in Oregon, just because I know what they bring back on the defense side of the ball. As long as they get the quarterback situation kind of sorted out, I think they'll be fine. 
Yeah, heard that. I mean, like, like we said, Ohio State, you get past Ohio State, and I don't know. I mean, you could really run the table. Yeah, if you get past Ohio State and you don't make a college football playoff, it's 100% your fault. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. I could not agree more. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, let's uh, let's head back to the great state of North Carolina. Uh, a couple teams here that we wanted to discuss uh, that we got some feedback on, and we got a lot of good football here in North Carolina. Uh, so we'll kick it off with the highest win total in the state. Um, Appalachian State University from an at-large standpoint. Uh, their schedule's pretty tough from what I saw. Their, their over-under win, win totals at nine. Um, let me pull up their schedule right now. I mean, you have Miami second game of the week or second game of the year. That's yeah. that's probably not going to go well. You start off with East Carolina, which is nice. No offense to the Pirate fans. And then Elon Marshall could be tough. You got Coastal later on in the year, October 20th. So, yeah, I mean, those are one, two, three, probably three tough games that you could easily lose in uh, Miami, Florida, Marshall, and then Coastal. Yeah. Probably yeah. Also, I mean, two games will probably be, what, underdogs maybe against Coastal, Miami, Florida? Miami, Coastal, Louisiana, they could possibly be an underdog. Louisiana is a good football program. And I think Georgia State's supposed to be pretty good this year, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when I look at App State's schedule, I see three wins. I see Elon, South Alabama, and Georgia Southern, definitely. Like you East said. Carolina. So, East Carolina, they'll most likely win that game. It, and if I had to pick a side, like, straight up, like, who's going to win, I'd definitely say App State. But I think Mike Houston's gearing, and we're going to get to them next. I think Mike Houston's gearing that um, that team down east. They're, they're gearing up. Did, to, like, what did you say the over-under was for them? For, for ECU and App State. Yeah, what's the App State's over under? I mean, if it's nine, I, I don't know if I would take oh, over. Yeah. I'd probably go under. Yeah, so I'm actually playing that for the show, and I bet that personally under nine. Like, ECU could be a game they slip up. I don't think so likely, but I don't think they beat Miami. I don't think they beat Coastal. And to be honest, I really don't think they beat Louisiana either. They, they, they're very capable of doing it. But yeah. it's just a lot of – and even like Marshall, they lost to Marshall. Yeah. That'll be a tough game, too. Yeah, Marshall can beat them. Georgia State can beat them. Uh, Arkansas State's also a very good program. Like, Arkansas State and them, they're competing for the Sun Belt every year, it seems. And I just see a lot of chaos on this schedule to where App State can slip up. And I think nine wins is going to be really hard. Like, I can see them getting to eight and that being a good season, but I think nine's a really high number. Um, yeah. Their offense was good last year. They averaged almost, like, 450 yards per game, like, 34 points per game. But do you know who their quarterback is? And this is why I'm not as big on him. Mm. So he started at Clemson, Chase Bryce, transferred to Duke. Oh, yes. And it didn't go very well last year at Duke. And he's most likely going to start. All the way down to Yeah. Yeah, I know. He actually wasn't even bad at Clemson either. I mean, he came in for – I remember Lawrence got knocked out one game or whatever. He came in and saved their season. Yeah, and that's when he went to Duke and – Cutcliffe tried to like put him in that system and it just didn't work out like him just bouncing all over like he's really went from like a top program in the nation to a subpar ACC team to a high rated like group of five team though yeah group of five team 
Um, they, their running game was pretty good. They averaged over 250 yards on the ground this year, and they only let up 20 points per game. So all around, like they had a very good team, but I think it's hard to like stay at that level. And with Chase Bryce being your quarterback and just a lot of chaos on the schedule happening, I, I'm locking up App State under nine. I, I don't see it this year. I don't hate it. I really don't. I mean, I there's there's four or five games out here that could be definitely up in the air. I mean, I definitely don't see them beating Miami, so that's definitely one. Yeah. I don't I don't see them beating Coastal either. So that's two. And the Louisiana Lafayette, it's up in the air. Marshall could be up in the air. Arkansas. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of easy bet honestly. Yeah, that's why I, I, I took I took it personal. Um, don't take this personal, but next we're going to talk about ECU, Mike Houston, and Pirate Nation. What's your initial thought on ECU? I'm interested to hear it. I mean, ECU really hasn't been rev- relevant since uh, Ruffin McNeil left, in my honest opinion. I really don't know why they ever let him go, if I'm being honest. I mean, got App State first game of the year. I mean, bad South Carolina team. What What's their over-under, you said? Four and a half. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see. You're not beating – so let's go. You got App State, you're probably not beating them. You're probably not beating South Carolina, 0-2. Probably not beating Marshall, 0-3. Charleston Southern, maybe. Tulane, probably not. UCF, probably not. Houston, probably not. South Florida. I don't – I guess we'll see how good South Florida is the first game of the year. Temple, probably not. Memphis, probably not. Can you stop the triple option against Navy? I don't know. You're not beating Cincinnati, so I, I don't – I don't know about that. Probably not. I, I Four wins is going to be tough probably. Yeah, I'm I'm also locking this up. and I'm always down to route for Pirate Nation. Some of my best college experiences were going to ECU football games. Like, it's just so much fun. And I really like Mike Houston. I, I love ECU. Like, my ECU friends in general, they're awesome. Um, but, good God, I am hammering <laughs> this under four and a half. And, you know, it's funny. So, also, we get our lines from the Action Network. The book that I bet on has to sit five. So, I'm like – quadruple downing like they, I don't see five games I, again I don't think they'll beat app although they could and I, I'm telling you if ECU loses to app week one I would love to see them beat the hell out of South Carolina like, why is South honestly, Carolina going to ECU are they playing a home and home I wonder if I they know have if, I don't know if they played last year but South Carolina's gonna be bad this year too I mean, they're going to be bad. The ECU, it, it, it just has to be a redip. first home game of the year. You got an SEC school coming into town. Like, yeah. Hone Aylers needs to get it together. I mean, he started as a true freshman. This is fourth year starting. He should be pretty good. But, and again, the offense was never really the issue. Like, 400 yards per game, like 30 points per game. You think they win more than, like, three, four games a season. But yeah. their defense can't stop anyone. I mean, do you see – can you give me three solid wins on that schedule? Charleston Southern, and that's it. <laughs> I know, me too. Yeah. Wow. Unless Vegas knows something that we don't know, it's just a lot of 50-50 ball. Like, I don't even think Marshall's 50-50. I think they'll be ECU. Maybe Tulane. 
Houston, USF, and maybe Navy. But you you know, playing Navy is just like hard in general. Oh, it's so boring too. It's the triple option. Well, the triple option is just so hard to stop. If ECU doesn't score forty points per game, and they don't like, if they're not explosive, like they're not oh. winning that Navy game. Because I mean, clock's just going to drain. And Navy, I mean, they just won't have a lot of possessions. And if they're if the name of their offense is high volume, they're not going to get it that game. I don't think it's going to go well. Like again, I'd like to see the Pirates win five games and like clear this like over like four and a half line that we got from the Action Network. But dude, by God, I'm about to unload on yeah. ECU under five. I don't blame you. I don't. I don't blame you. It's it's just a tough draw. It, it's tough. And they they'll probably win four of those toss up games. Five. I don't see it. No, I, I, I mean, I'm with you. I kind of really want to see one maybe guaranteed. The rest are really toss ups. But you know what? Those ECU football fans are going to shout every week. Charlotte's going to be an amazing atmosphere for them. They're going to go all out. And that's why I love ECU football for just face yeah. um, value, what it is fun fan base, subpar football team, but they go all out and kind of similar to NC State. Yeah. Yeah. In some seasons. Yeah. They haven't been relevant for a while. Yeah, that, that's the damn truth. I mean, the state of North Carolina and, like, living in the state, college football was better when ECU is good. Would you say college football is better when ECU is better than App State? I'd say so, just because I think the rivalry kind of is fun. Just especially, like, East Carolina – Fans talk a lot of shit. I think you know that. Oh yeah. I mean, they talk a lot of crap. So we definitely know that, especially if they're. I mean, they talk a lot of crap even when they're bad. So, I mean, when they're good, they're talking even more crap. I feel like whenever a state has played them in the past, that's kind of just that's kind of came up like the back and forth feud between state and ECU fans is it's honestly hilarious it's, it's comical because especially how bad ECU's been in the past I probably five to ten years yeah yeah that's the truth and I mean one of the cool things is that we get the old uh, conference USA rivalry ECU versus Marshall so yeah. I mean that that's always a fun game if I can and I really don't have a lot of weekends this year I'd like to make it down to an ECU game just to go because like talking about it just gets me excited I wish I would be in Charlotte uh, next Thursday, but obviously we're going to be in Raleigh. You go a uh, night game, October 28th, probably around Halloween too. Look, my old ass is not need to be in Greenville on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> man, I've been there, done that. that oh, man, that's, that's so that, That's tempting though. Yeah, that's damn fun. Okay, well, I'm playing the under, dude. Two unders for in-state teams that I really like. Yeah, I, I like it. I like both your plays, honestly. All right. So the next team we're going to hop to, UNC Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte has an over-under win total at four and a half. They went two and four last year. Their offensive coordinator left to uh, join Mike Norvell in the Florida State Seminoles. Um, what do you think about UNCC just on the surface level? I mean, Duke, first game of the year. Gardner Webb, Georgia State, Middle Tennessee, Illinois, FIU. 
I can see where they're why they're uh, over under is kind of where it's at because some of these, even though they might not be like named schools, I mean, Marshall's going to be a tough game. Duke will be a tough game. Illinois will be a tough game. FIU will be a tough game as well. Western Kentucky usually has pretty solid teams. Louisiana Tech. Yeah, I mean, I think it's tough to get kind of four wins in there. What, what you're thinking? So if I had to choose, this would actually be one team where I played the over. I think they can get Gardner-Webb, Middle Tennessee State, FIU, FAU, Rice, maybe Georgia State, most likely not. But I definitely think they'll beat Old Dominion. I think Old Dominion might be the worst team. I think they'll, they'll be like UConn this year. <laughs> To be quite honest, I, I think I think they're going to be bad. So I, I just think there's a lot of teams that are on their level. And with Old Dominion being an automatic win and Gardner-Webb, so that's two. If they can win three toss-up games, that'll get them to the over. So yeah. I think four and a half is somewhat of a low number for how similarly like some teams break out on their schedule. I did a little bit of research and – they get two offensive linemen back, which isn't great, but apparently their talent at wideout is supposed to be really good, and they get all of those guys back. So you, you never know. Um, I feel more confident about their schedule than I do ECU and App State. That's one reason why I'm taking the over. I'm not playing it. I'm actually not playing it officially. <laughs> but that would be my lean uh, for the listeners. Yeah. I think Charlotte can clear over four and a half wins. I see five wins. And they may go bowling. They might be a bowl team. I mean, it really doesn't take much to go bowling these days anymore, to be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, and also, like, this schedule, like, what what do most, like, schools do? They load up three automatic wins on their, like, out of conference, or they try to, like, at some point. Charlotte doesn't really have that. Like, they got Duke, Illinois, and... Gardner Webb, I guess. So, I mean, Duke and Illinois. I, I don't think David Cutcliffe's going to use is going to lose to Will Healy uh, in the Niners. So, they could they could beat Duke though. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, I mean, the way Duke's been the last few years, I don't I don't know, but I, I don't hate the play. Yeah, so that that would be my North Carolina uh, slate. App State, ECU under their numbers at nine and four and a half respectively. And then Charlotte clearing over four and a half, uh, mainly because of the way their schedule breaks. Any other in-state teams you want to talk about? I mean, I feel like we've already kind of went over, we've already gone over the ACC with Wake Forest, UNC, Duke, so NC State. I mean, I, I think we've kind of got most of it covered to be honest. I do have one more. Uh, UNCW football going undefeated another year. Book it. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a good bet right there. <laughs> they never lose. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, without further ado, we're going to fast forward to Saturday, August 28th, and week zero. That's when it kicks off. We have a game at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3.30. Got a nice break for dinner. And then we got. Right, let me ask you something real quick. Mm -hmm. do, do you like the week zero, or would you do you just want everything? Do you like kind of a little spice up leading into the next week, or would you rather just have the one week where everybody plays? I like week zero. 
Yeah. I do. And the reason I like week zero is because you just dip your toe in and it just gets you hooked that much more. It makes week one even better. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, that's a good point. I mean, we, we, this week we really don't have a great slate, but in previous, what, a couple of years ago, we had Miami and uh, Florida both play on week zero, which was one of the most brutal games I think ever. It's one of the sloppiest games I've ever watched. I'm but, pretty sure I lost that game on a bet. I think I hit the under, but Miami covered. But it was like something late happened to where I won one bet, but not the yeah. other. That was it, a great it was, it was a sloppy game. I do yeah. remember that. Yep, very sloppy game. But anyway, go ahead, continue. Sorry, just one. Yeah, you. no worries. So to recap, and we'll go over these games. Uh, we got a one o'clock, two o'clock, three thirty, and taking us into dinner. And we got some late West Coast action and. You know, just when you're, like, crushing those beers and you get a little loose, you may want to fire off some, some West Coast action. Uh, got a 9.30 and 10 o'clock game. So, if you want to stay up till 1 o'clock on week Saturday, August 28th, week zero, and, you know, live bet your life away, go for it. So, game one of week zero, kicking off this college football season, Nebraska versus Illinois. Uh, Scott Frost and uh, Brett Bielema, isn't it? Is I know. It? It's it's weird to kind of say that. I mean, after I mean, one of the most successful, really successful guy at Wisconsin, and then kind of just end up where he is right now. But I mean, I I think I don't know about you, but I think this is probably the most intriguing matchup on this week zero slate. I think it's kind of the most probably will be probably the one of the better games too. Yeah, it def- it definitely is. And just looking at the numbers right now. Uh, Nebraska is a seven-point favorite, Illinois a seven-point dog, and the over-unders at 55. The first thing, and again, I think Scott Frost is fired midseason. Um, Adrian Martinez being your quarterback, eh, good God, man. He, he kind of reminds me of Felipe Franks in a way, but yeah. a, a poor man's Felipe Franks. Like yeah, a, little I mean, bit, a little bit of a head case, a little volatile, but he can make plays like if given. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, Illinois killed Nebraska last season too, 41-23. And they're bringing back uh, Brian Peters, kind of experienced veteran. And yep. then, like you said, uh, Nebraska has Adrian Martinez. And I mean, I, I tell you what, Scott Frost – does not want to lose this game. That I mean, that's all I can tell him. Because if he loses this game, then I just resign, honestly. Because, because Nebraska, they kind of did the Tennessee thing, like they did with Pruitt. They opened up an internal investigation, and I think yeah. they're kind of trying to use that for leeway to buy out eventually. Um, so yeah. I'll go ahead and give my play. I'm hammering Illinois plus seven. Like Illinois it. crushed them last season. I think they're a better football team. Nebraska may be the favorite, like just because of hype. Dude, this line opened at nine and a half and it's down to seven. I'm hopping on this gravy train tonight once this is over. Because, I mean, Illinois, I think they're going to win the football game outright, better yet, cover. Like you see the over under at 55. I don't know if it'll be a lot of points, but I don't know if Nebraska is better than anybody in the Big Ten, really. And better yet, a touchdown better. So I'm hammering Illinois plus. Yeah, seven. I, I'm with you. I, I think this is going to be. I don't know. I just – I don't really have trust in Nebraska in 
quite frankly, I don't have the trust in Adrian Martinez either and Scott Frost. And I think Brett Bielema will start off 1-0 in his uh, first first year at Illinois. So, but all right, you ready to go next game? Yeah, uh, call it out to us. We have Connecticut at Fresno State. And, I mean, this this game <laughs> – <laughs> I mean, Connecticut hasn't played – they didn't play last year. They're an independent school, and they couldn't find enough enough teams to be able to have a season. So, Randy Esdell, they just – they didn't have a season last year. And if we're being honest, it was probably for the best for them because, I mean, they're probably one of the worst teams in college football. Easily. Uh, what spread do you have? I have 27 and a half. 27 and a half points. Fresno State's the favorite, and I see the over under at 63. I probably would take Connecticut plus the 27 and a half just because I think it's a it's a wide margin, especially for the first game of the year for uh, both teams. So I don't think I don't know. It's just a big it's a big spread. So hopefully Connecticut can maybe come with the last second touchdown to make it kind of a 20-point defeat. But, I mean, Fresno State obviously taking the one to game, but I think it's a big spread to be able to take the uh, take Fresno State in this. Cool. No, I like it. Um, if I had to choose a side, I would definitely choose that side. But I like the under a lot more. And it's because I don't think UConn can score. <laughs> like, I don't really Yeah, know. I, I don't either. Like Fresno State, I was looking at some of their games last year, and there'd be games where they throw up like maybe like 40 points a game. But I don't think UConn can throw up 23 points a game, like no. to give me this this over. So, it, and it looks like the weather's predicting 101 degrees out there in Fresno, California. So, like it's gonna be hot. Maybe people start cramping up. A backdoor cover may get me. Like if UConn gets a garbage time touchdown you know, with the second unit or something that Fresno State has in the twos or threes. But again, like Fresno State score 40 points. UConn may score 10, maybe like 17. I, I, I just don't see it. I'm, I'm taking the under 63 all day. Let me see if this open that. The over, under. It actually opened at 62, and it's going up. Oh. So I'm getting a little bit of value there. So, hell yeah, I'm taking under 63 points in this game. I, I haven't seen any offense the last couple of years to prove me otherwise, so that's my play. You, you probably won't see any offense in that game either. Again, I, I that might be one to not watch, to be honest. But uh, I think another good game uh, moving on is kind of intriguing game. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be a good game, but UCLA – we just kind of talked them early, talked about them earlier with the uh, Pac-12. Hawaii is coming to UCLA, and I have a 17-and-a-half-point favorite, UCLA. Yep. Yeah, like I said, this is year four for Chip Kelly. He's bringing back a quarterback, and actually a good quarterback, on Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Thompson and I think this is kind of a good game for them to kind of get started off with because they – they actually have LSU next week, so I think it's kind of kind of an easier game to get go ahead and get started before you play mm -hmm. LSU. What what are your thoughts? I think this is a statement game for UCLA. You got Hawaii, who I feel like Hawaii only plays good at home. They're coming to you. 
in Los Angeles. 17 and a half points. That's a, that's a good chunk. It is. But I think Chip Kelly's going to try to show his ass his first game. Um, I think he wants to win big, and this is sort of the reverse psychology. I don't think he wants to open it up enough to show LSU what they have. Like, I think that's the game he's going all in. Yeah, I agree. I and think that's he might why, a little bit. And that's why I want to take UCLA minus 17 and a half because I feel like he wants to come out guns blazing. But the more I look at it, I feel like he's going to, you know, maybe just start trying to run the ball a little bit, run the clock, and, you know, save that playbook to get like an SEC team like LSU. Yeah. So I'm not playing this game. The over under 68 and a half. I would lean under for the sole fact I think Chip just kind of wants to muck it up and, you know, make it look nasty. But then again, I feel like Chip Kelly's the kind of guy like, hey, see my shiny new car. Watch how fast it can go. I I just don't have a good read on this game. So versus give out something that I'm not sure about, I'm just going to stay away with the two locks I already have in the 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock game. But if I had to lean, I'd lean to UCLA covering. Um, I really don't know what Hawaii has for them. I I don't think they'll be able to score enough to stay within that gap. But, again, no official play for me. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, usually quarterback – or usually Hawaii can usually score the ball pretty well, but I, I just don't see it against UCLA. I mean, I, the spread is 17 and a half. Maybe they get a late cover. Hawaii can, but – I don't, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not touching this one. I can easily see this game ending at 17 points in Hawaii backdooring it. Yeah, I can too. That's that's why I'm not going to touch it. All right, cool. So do you have anything for the 9.30 and 10 o'clock? At 9.30, we have UTEP, New Mexico State, and at 10 o'clock, we have Southern Utah and San Jose State. I, I mean, I really, I'll be honest, don't really know much about these teams. <laughs> I know, I do know New Mexico State, they were another team that opted out of last year. So, and then uh, UTEP was three and five last season in the shortened season with COVID. But I do see UTEP is an eight and a half favorite, and I'm not going to play it. But New Mexico State, same position as UConn, didn't play last year. So, I mean, you got to imagine coming into the season when you didn't play at all last year, you're going to have a lot of rust. So, for that reason, I'd probably take UTEP. I'm not going to play it, but that's where I would lean. And then for Southern Utah and San Jose State, uh, I mean, I know San Jose State usually has pretty solid teams. Yeah, they do. Usually, usually pretty decent teams. So, I mean, I I probably just lean San Jose State in that. Yeah, I, if I, I I I really don't know for UTEP New Mexico State. But if I had to choose a side for Southern Utah, San Jose State, I'd take I'd take the Spartans. Yeah. I mean, they have to cover it. I mean, they got to win by like 30 points. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think I think really the two games that – I mean, the one game that you're really most intrigued by is Illinois and Nebraska, and then probably followed by Hawaii and UCLA. And that's just kind of get – an idea of what Chip Kelly has for his uh, four season coming in. Not necessarily might be a competitive game, but I do think the first game will be probably a competitive good game. Yeah, for sure. No, I think that's solid. So, Brett, I don't know how many times we'll get to do this this season, 
but next generally in season one we recorded on thursday nights to get the lines a little more you know you get your intro report news coming out would you want to record a live podcast at the state tailgate next week i think we could probably do that i think we should if we can swing it i know um so i'm taking a half day at work and we're driving up from charlotte i should be in raleigh about two and maybe at the tailgate lots i think they open up four hours before kick so maybe get there around like three, three thirty. Yeah, don't Texas. quote me on that. I'll, I'll have to see. I'm still kind of finalizing some things about who I'm going with and everything like that. So, but I will definitely let you know. I mean, regardless, we'll definitely. I mean, regardless, we're gonna have a show tomorrow or uh, next week. But yeah. it might be. It could be distracting at the tailgate too. Yeah, it could. It, it might be Wednesday. It might be Thursday. I think it'll be a, be a pretty cool feat to pull off. And, you know, even if we make it 20 minutes just to go down, here's the picks, brief reasons yeah. why, while we're shooting a cornhole game in between or something, I think it'd be pretty cool. You know, the band, like, always marches around and they get a little bit of that, like, atmosphere in the background. But, yeah, yeah. we'll play it by ear. If you can work it out, I can definitely uh, make it work. And um, we'll just go from there. All right, sounds good. Yeah. I mean, hey, enjoy the football this weekend, though it's just kind of a little preview, but next weekend is when we really – I mean, next weekend is just – it's kind of like March Madness. It's like the best time of the year, and that's how it is every single Labor Day weekend when it comes to college football. It's, it's just the best time of the year. Yeah, and I absolutely love it. So we gave you our recaps of what we're thinking for our North Carolina teams. I'm the only one that had two locks for the show. I took the App State under nine, ECU under four and a half, although I really am rooting for you. And then plays for the week, start with Brett. Brett in, well, Brett's on Illinois plus seven. I'm also on Illinois plus seven. And then we're both playing the UConn-Fresno State game. Brett's on the dog. UConn underdog of 27. Just cover. Yeah, just cover. And then that's the thing. Good, great teams cover. Great, bad teams cover. Yeah. And then um, I'm playing the Fresno State UConn under 63. No plays on UCLA Hawaii. And, you know, if you guys are degenerate gamblers and just want some action at the at the midnight, one o'clock hour in the morning, go ahead and look at those last two games. I mean, since it's been such a long journey from COVID or whatever, it, people might just play all these games just for the hell of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try not to be that guy that just fires off their <laughs> shots. Well, Brett, I hope we both start 2-0 and uh, in week zero going into the year because we're going to have a hell of a time on next week. But, you know, be in the present, enjoy the games, and stay safe. I'll holler at you. All right, sounds good, man. Peace. Yeah,